Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Imagine bold, naturally aged Tillamook cheddar slices melting over a burger. Eating thick cut cheddar shreds straight from the bag. <sighs> it's nice to dream about cheese for a bit. Tillamook cheddar. Extraordinary dairy. I didn't fall in love. I never kissed Sean, but I did get diamond earrings. So oh, time out. Never even kissed. No. Oh my god. Never kissed him. The producers yeah. like pushed me into kissing him. They never said anything to you. No. They told no. me they're like every single girl here has kissed Sean, and except for you. He's like, they're really? yeah. They're like, you don't want to fall behind. And I was just like, oh crap. And that's why oh I did god. that stupid chocolate scene where I was like, do you like this chocolate or <laughs> this chocolate? Oh, right. Oh my God. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Hey everyone, it's me, Claire, and Emma. We are coming back to Here to Make Friends in a very different state than we left it after uh, the last season that I covered. We're coming back in the midst of a global pandemic, uh, a series of nationwide, actually global protests against racism and police brutality specifically. Um, And this is something that, you know, feels very different from the usual content of our show, but it's something that we want to bring in because we always want Here to Make Friends to feel relevant, like it's adding something to the world and not taking up space or creating a distraction from really important things that we all need to be focusing on. So the context of how the world has changed around us is definitely going to change how we're going to approach this season. Yeah, you know, we thought and and talked a lot about this and we first just wanna be really clear up front, we support the Black Lives Matter movement. We are in complete support of these protests that we've seen. We're in complete support of the reckoning that many industries, including our own and uh, including, you know, ABC and and the Bachelor franchise are are in the midst of kind of kicking off. And we also want to acknowledge that we are two white women and that is how we move through the world. And we want to use this platform that we have created to be a space for allyship and also for lifting up voices uh, specifically of, you know, Black people who have been involved in the Bachelor franchise. And that is really going to inform the way that we move forward with our show. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting time for Bachelor Nation, um, you know, handling really difficult, thorny questions of social justice. Um, 
is not something that is a requirement for going on The Bachelor. Um, it has, has a lot- not traditionally been the franchise's strong suit, we'll say that. Not at all. Not at all. But a lot of these people now have huge platforms. Um, some of them have been very vocal about what's going on. You know, Rachel, obviously, uh, Ashley Spivey, uh, Dustin, uh, you know, Becca uh, Martinez. Nick Vile, uh, Katie Morton. Yeah. So there are people who are really trying to leverage their platforms right now. Other people have been approaching it in a more problematic way. I think a lot of our listeners probably saw Garrett's uh, post uh, of the thin blue line uh, in support of cops, um, which has caused a lot of turmoil. Um, I think especially considering that his fiance Becca co-hosts a podcast with Rachel, who is very outspoken um, about Black Lives Matter. Um, so it's it's interesting to see how this really white show for influencers <laughs> has has kind of absorbed this moment or has not absorbed it. And we're definitely part of that. Like we know that it's our responsibility um, and it's something we really want to to try to bring into the the, the dialogue we have here. Um, and, you know, last week we did post an episode, um, a preview episode for The Bachelor, The Greatest Seasons Ever, um, which ended up coming out on Tuesday. Uh, it was pre-scheduled, pre-taped well in advance. Um, and it ended up being not good timing. And that's something we heard from some listeners and we definitely want to acknowledge that. Yeah. And we just also want to say that, you know, especially to our um, black and brown listeners, we are really grateful when you call us out and, you know, I, I more like to put it, call us in because uh, it's always done in a way that honestly gives us a lot of space to learn and grow, which is, not something you have to do. And so we are just grateful for that continuing education and for the chance to do do better when we misstep. And I think that, you know, something I've been thinking about a lot um, as as a white woman in the in the last few weeks and certainly in the years before is that it's better to move forward and try to be a voice for change and accept the discomfort of owning your missteps when they come up than to stay silent out of a fear of, you know, not doing anti-racism correctly. So yeah, I just want to say thank you to everyone that has reached out. Yeah, I think uh, with this past episode specifically, I wanted to mention a couple things that Emma and I have spoken about since, you know, we interviewed Rob Mills about this up the, this current recap show that they're airing, the tone of it was very lighthearted. Um, and we did post it on a day when a lot of people were taking a beat from posting new things um, and were instead trying to redirect focus to amplifying Black voices. Um, and that was not intentional. Um, and I think we both feel uh, Regretful. Feel regretful um, about the fact that that we went ahead with with posting that, and I think that that also I I did hear a little feedback about maybe having not spoken as bluntly as I could have with Rob about um, 
about Rachel and her role on The Bachelor and about race and blackness and um, and that, you know, sometimes the words that I use are not explicit enough and dance around um, dance around the issue. And that was something I did take to heart because I think I often worry too much that I will say the wrong thing um, instead of accepting the risk that I will be criticized and like trying to say the thing that will be the most helpful um, and most direct. And that's something I, I want us to work on this season. Um, and I think we should all be trying to work on is worrying less about our own egos and more about how we're actually pushing things forward. Absolutely. Plus one to all of that. And I think that, you know, that is a responsibility that we are publicly committing to taking on and um, we'll be grateful to continue to receive your feedback as we kind of stumble, stumble through this. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we do want to be a resource. Um, also, we know a lot of people um, are also going through these, these internal um, self-examinations right now, uh, along with us. We, we want to encourage uh, our white listeners um, not to, you know, put a lot of uh, or any pressure on people in your life who are black, who are dealing with this onslaught of news and conversation about police brutality um, to educate you. And uh, I think we need to try to educate each other as much as possible. So we do want to be a resource for that. We're going to try to answer all our DMs um, and, and be available. Although we also do want to be clear that it is mostly Emma who runs the Instagram and she has a lot of other, uh, work to do. It's not her full-time job. So please, uh, if there's a little delay, uh, be mindful. It's usually not um, deliberate. Absolutely. You know, we are, our DMs are open and, you know, I want to offer my personal DMs as well. Um, Please feel free to reach out and we will make every effort to answer all of them in as timely a fashion as is possible while still giving ourselves and our very small team uh, a chance to breathe occasionally and uh, do, do our other job responsibilities. Something else that we are going to be committed to doing every episode of this season is giving our listeners calls to action. It's been something that has been really helpful for us to have people in our lives who have pointed us towards resources, towards ways that we can affect change with our time, with our voices, and with our dollars. So we're going to give you one or two uh, calls to action every week. And definitely, if you have suggestions of places to donate or petitions to sign or anything in that vein, please feel free to email us um, or DM us. And we will, again, try our best to kind of go through that and make sure we have um, a good a good assortment of, of orgs to shout out to. Because a lot of people are already doing this very difficult and essential work of anti-racism and anti-police brutality. And we want to support them. And look, we're a community here. Um, we aren't in conversation with each other, most of us in, in real life, but we have power. Um, we know from everyone that we have heard of ever in our audience, uh, pretty much everyone has just shown themselves to be so smart, 
um, so engaged and really, really wanting to make the world and the Bachelor franchise a better place. So um, we are excited to activate our, ourselves and, and um, hopefully, you know, organize with, with all of you. So this week, um, as these protests are raging around the country, uh, we wanted to direct our listeners, uh, if you haven't seen it already, to the National Bail Fund. Um, and the link will be in our show notes. Um, just a great way to uh, support protesters and uh, victims of police violence. Um, we also wanted to direct you to the Bachelor Diversity change.org petition. And this is a little bit more uh, linked to our usual content, which we will be getting back to in a moment. Um, but there is a campaign uh, to add more diversity to The Bachelor um, on and off camera to, to really, instead of, you know, tokenizing um, and offering occasional, you know, placating uh, casting, to really change fundamentally how The Bachelor includes uh, Black people, people of color. Um, and the link to that will be in our show notes as well. Yeah, we encourage you to tweet and and get involved in that and use your voice as someone who watches this show to to change it. Before we get to the interview, which is really the meat of this episode, we did want to just sort of give our thoughts on the overall format of this new show, uh, the things that we loved seeing played back, and a few notable things that they really left out. First of all, Claire, I mean, we get to see Chris Harrison in his poorly decorated home office, just a single bouquet of roses plopped down, his son Joshua working the camera. Uh, what did what did we think of the the format here and the aesthetics? I mean, I think my favorite part was actually how uh, clearly cobbled together the set was. Like, I love seeing a glimpse of Chris Harrison's personal study. It really had the feel of like a study. He was like, here's my mahogany desk. This is where I wear my smoking jacket. That's how I like to envision Chris Harrison. And of course, here is my 18-year-old son whose uh, summer job, as he repeatedly told us, was being the only crew person on the show uh, because, of course, of quarantine. Um, I like that. Like, more of that, please. Um, there was a good amount of Chris, actually. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, not a lot of other new content besides these shots Chris. of Chris and a couple Zoom interviews he does with a few of the top contestants. And that's really the problem. Like, it it was a little boring because I've already seen Sean's season. I agree. I agree 100%. And something else that worked a little less well was the fact that the show just felt super divorced from the current moment, which given that we are all stuck at home and all sort of experiencing um, these protests, however we feel about them collectively, you know, it felt really weird for the show to not acknowledge Black Lives Matter movement at all and to not even say the word coronavirus. Like I understand they may have locked this episode before the protest began, but I mean, they hardly even address the fact that we've been in a months long lockdown. Yeah. And I mean, we talked to Rob Mills last week and it, 
And he said that it was a very deliberate decision to provide escapism and to not make the show about coronavirus. So Chris makes a couple references like, here we all are at home, of course. Um, and I do, I do get that the decision was made. But um, much like when we taped the episode, you know, I feel like I was sort of leaning into that. I was like, this is escapism. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some thornier issues that have been coming up in the franchise. Um, but I was uncomfortable with that. Like, I, it felt more comfortable to talk about the show as it's always been, uh, for better or worse, worse in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, and as as the situation has continued to unfold and these protests have emerged and we're having conversations that are much more substantive than we were a couple of weeks ago, it feels off, honestly, to provide escapism. It feels off to not be part of that. And it feels like not even just off, but I'd, I'd say irresponsible to an extent. And I, you know, I don't even know what I would want the show to do, know. but I do know that the format pretty much erased all of the people of color except for Catherine from the special and it was much more diverse than previous seasons but it's still kind of shown a spotlight on how rare it is for a black woman to make it into that top handful of contestants yeah and, and no one else really even got any screen time yes that was really notable um and you know, we, for, for context, this was the first season after a racial discrimination lawsuit was levied against The Bachelor. So they made a pretty clear and intentional uh, effort for the first time, apparently, to really cast in a more diverse way. And yet, again, that was totally erased from what we saw last night. And that was unfortunate. Some things that I liked a little more, um, we're really getting to lean in into the many abominations of early 2010s fashion, just a beautiful over-reliance on sweetheart gowns just covered in sequins and various other sparkles, the dreaded poof, which Catherine was just rocking it seemingly the entire season. I mean, I admit I, I have done that too. And it's, you know, it fills me with shame, but also some like good nostalgia. Um, just evidence how how quickly things become dated. I'm surprised that that you think sparkly gowns are dated because I've never stopped wearing them. I never will. I'm wearing one right now. Um, you guys can't see. Just trust me. Um, but but one thing that I liked remembering was revisiting a season that was really good. And like I feel like more of the seasons recently that have been fun have been good because they're so bad if that makes sense like Colton's season was a mess it ended up being an interesting mess and there is a, an appeal to that but to watch a season where the lead is you know flawed in ways that are sort of compelling um Sean makes a lot of sexist comments in his benevolent sexist way um but love that then don't love that now and yet he, he has, has a great presence yeah. and it seems like a genuinely really nice guy who means well um despite despite those issues and like really conveys that really well like he conveys that he's caring about the women it comes through like there are things that feel genuine about their connections that don't just feel like bachelor cliches um and you get that from the women too there's a realness to a lot of these interactions that like I'm realizing how much the past couple of seasons have just been like Instagram model. 
I want to find love and I feel like we're really connecting. Tell me something about what makes you, you. Oh, a bad thing happened to me once. Oh, make out. You know, like there's, we're losing Sean speaks to these women as though they are people and they speak back to him as though they are people and often we we don't really get that even though that sounds super basic and it definitely drove home why despite the fact that he is not necessarily the type of bachelor that I would think I would find myself drawn to and again like was obviously put off by that benevolent sexist vibe happening um you know he has to turn in his man card because he can't start a car uh (laughs) you know he has to protect the women stuff like that like definitely you know not my cup of tea as I'm sure all all listeners know, we we are not fans of sexism in any form, uh, and benevolence does not excuse oh, it. No. And, <laughs> it's new for us. Um, and yet, Sean and Catherine are just this really fantastic, entertaining rom com duo who fill fulfill enough tropes to make the arc narratively satisfying, but not so many as to make it seem scripted or, or wrote yeah Catherine is just like a classic every girl you know like she's extremely beautiful but doesn't know it she has some flaw that she's been teased for and so she feels insecure she doesn't think she can get a hunk like Sean um, but of course Sean thinks she's incredible and gorgeous and funny and that's just kind of the dream as a girl who doesn't think you're that beautiful. Um, and so that's why a lot of rom-coms unfold that way. And it was nice to sort of revisit that and to remember, of course, that that my husband, who I had been dating a brief time at that point, uh, definitely called that Sean was going to pick Catherine. And I didn't think that she would. I think I identified with her so much that I was like, he won't pick he never her. would. <laughs> That's the girl who never gets picked. Um, and my husband saw something that I didn't see in me and also in Sean and Catherine. And that's the moment you knew Greg that's was when a I keeper. Uh huh. <laughs> Tell that story in my, my wedding vows. Um, but, you know, Lindsay is also great. And I loved remembering that Lindsay is a goofball. Is such, a, such a goofball. Like she shows up in a wedding dress, drunk, like wasted kisses Sean before they even speak, which we do not encourage or condone. Um, but she has one of those entrances that you watch and you're like, she's not going far. Like who, why would you do that? You're never going to make it far if you're the girl who comes in a wedding dress. And, and then she pulls tanked. it off. <laughs> <laughs> but she pulls it off. Yeah. She's a delightful weirdo. And I don't think I appreciated that enough. So that was kind of fun to rewatch. And we got a little check-in with her and you could see that she still has that sort of goofy, silly energy, and she seems really happy. Um, and that was that was lovely. Yeah, like men on The Bachelor love to be like, I just love a goofy woman who like has a great sense of humor and like cut to them with their winner, like dead-eyed, being like, I love this. And Sean actually goes for women who will say really cheesy pickup lines to him and then like laugh their ass off, which both Catherine and Lindsay bring that energy and it's really infectious. Yeah. And it just makes you realize that you don't really see that energy too often on the show. And so that was nice and refreshing to, to remember. We also, of course, have to talk about Tierra, who is one of, I'd say the most iconic villains of all time in the Bachelor franchise. I mean, she, she is not a, a villain that you really see 
anymore because people are a little bit better at kind of playing the game, either intentionally leaning into a character or just being savvier at navigating situations where they, you know, aren't fans of some of the other women, even if they don't come off well, like she, she's a gem. I mean, she sparkles as apparently yeah. her parents told her. She has a bunch of iconic lines. Claire, do you want to kind of run us yeah. through some of them? Girls are jealous. Men love me. I can be humble and confident at the same time. Wow. Or uh, I think uh, a fave, I can't control my eyebrow. I can't control that. Who can control, you can't her, control eyebrow? her eyebrow? She can't control her eyebrow and you can't take away her sparkle. You simply so. cannot. Her parents will never allow that. Um, I mean, Tiara is, you know, you often hear from women that the villain was cold to them in the house. With Tiara, you really see that in a way that you often don't. Like her, like, just like cutting women dead um, or stalking off to sit in a corner. When they say hello. Like that is, no, that is an aggressive move. It's passive, yeah. but it's quite aggressive. So, and she's been really absent from the Bachelor franchise ever since her incredible, incredible stint, which included her either, to be honest, this, this is one of the tough things about villains is often they are either genuinely troubled or are genuinely suffering. Like she actually gets either injured or pretends to be injured twice or some mixture. And what's tough is that like, if she's being manipulative, you want to call it out. Um, at one point she falls down the stairs when Sean has, is in the house. And then when it seems like she's going to be taken away in an ambulance for treatment, um, she's suddenly better and she just needs to spend time with Sean. Uh, on another a group date, she, they all plunge into icy cold water and she's the only one who has a bad reaction and needs medical treatment. Um, if she's really suffering, then you want to be like, oh my God, poor Tiara. That's and you horrible. see Sean grappling with that too. Um, but after this, this season, she kind of drops off the map. She's never engaged in Bachelor Nation. She didn't respond to Chris Harrison's requests for catch up. Yeah. So we didn't hear from her really at all. I know. And I would have liked to get an update from her because you always get the sense that, you know, people, once they're especially five plus years off the show, have some healthy perspective about it, are able to kind of own the ways things didn't go well for them or own their kind of more childish behaviors. So I would have, I would have loved to see where she is now. And I believe she's on Instagram, but it's private. So no, no, yeah. that was unfortunate. That was like the only thing I came to this recap for and we didn't get it. Uh, there but, were a couple good tidbits, though. Like, we did get to speak to Desiree about her brother who brother. sabotaged her hometown date by sort of getting aggro with Sean and, and being like, I think you're a playboy. And, you know, I don't think you even like my sister. Um, and Desiree tells Chris, just fully flings her brother under the bus and is like, I barely knew the guy. Like, I don't know my brother. Like, he didn't know who I was. He didn't know anything about me which is incredible. I've never, like, I was like, I need to know more about what's going on there. Oh yeah. Like had so many questions about those family dynamics. Another good tidbit was that Ashley Frazier said that Tierra refused to share a room with any of the women. So she had to sleep on a cot because she like wouldn't be in a bed in a room with another woman, which is I mean, just, it's, it's like the classic, like I am such a victim that I must like torture myself. I honestly, one of the most relatable things about Tiara to me <laughs> is her clear interest in being a martyr. Um, I've always aspired to be a martyr. Um, and so I get it. I get, I get the impulse. 
um, doesn't play well, I have no, to say, but with you other know, people. We hope um, all of these women are, even the ones we didn't hear from, are doing are doing well today and haven't been too re-traumatized <laughs> by seeing this play, yeah, play again. Yeah, absolutely. We do, I mean, I loved the check-ins we did get. We see a few people's families and... Uh, Sarah Heron and her sweet boyfriend. Yes. Yeah, and we see Lindsay and her husband and kids. We see Sean and Catherine, of course, and their three little ones. Ashley Frazier and her Nancy Myers kitchen, which I mean, of course. I mean, she she looks perfect in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we revisited those pro- the proposal and the the breakup with Lindsay. Um, Lindsay Silver, Catherine Gold. I I had not recalled the intensity of the symbolism in their uh, proposal gowns, but it was there and they both looked fantastic. Even if Lindsay was literally dressed as a second place statuette. Pretty, pretty crazy decision. Um, I just got to think as Lindsay, you don't know in the moment that the other person's dress is gold, but watching it back, you've got to be like, really guys. Um, So Sean tells Lindsay that he loves her when he dumps her, which I, I feel like we both kind of forgot. Yeah, I'd totally forgotten that. And I think you pointed out that it probably wasn't as big a deal because it did occur after he had like broken the news to her um, yeah. that she was getting dumped. So it wasn't the same level. He wasn't level leading of, her on. No, he, he was, was just not leading her the on. knife. Yeah, exactly. It was, it, it was, it, that's exactly it. It was a knife twist, <laughs> uh, not a backstab. Yeah. Um, not, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, something's, were left out that I sort of expected to be in there. So I want to touch on the fact that Sean, the born again, virgin uh, icon of the bachelor, not mentioned at all. I have to believe that I noticed. I have to believe that he reached out to production who he is like pretty close with and was like, guys, I'm game to be, to check in, to sort of be exposed to my season again. But like, please, can you drop this? really frustrating narrative that I remember Sean really hating at the time. Like they made it the the same way with, you know, as they did with Colton, they sort of made the virginity like a major theme of the season, but it did feel odd to just have that cut out completely. Yeah. I mean, I understand that now that he has three kids, his (laughs) life as a born again virgin probably seems a little passe. We also, I mean, as we mentioned, lost most of the, women of color. Um, we even lost a pretty memorable conversation uh, with, between Robin and and Sean, where she asked him basically if he's interested in dating uh, women who aren't white. And he talks about how he's dated an, women of all backgrounds and his last girlfriend before going on the show was black. Um, and that was kind of like made a much of at the time. If yeah, I'm it was, it was kind of a big deal because the show was really even more than, than they do now was really trying to exist in this, you know, fantasy, apolitical world where no one has a religious background or a race or, uh, you know, political beliefs and it doesn't matter. None of those things matter in partnership. You just need to open up and want love. So this was sort of where we, we start to see them acknowledge the cracks in that bit, uh, or we start to see them acknowledge the cracks in that, even if just a very, very little, yeah. uh, as we Although know, the we, show do see with Alex, <laughs> we do see with Alex Michelle too, that like the conversation that they are comfortable having is the black contestant asking the white contestant, 
would you date me? Like, are you okay with that? So that the white can let the white lead can be like, of yes. course. I don't, course. I know he, it was, he was like, Alex Michelle was full. I don't see color. Sean was a few steps away from that. <laughs> yeah. And I do think maybe one of the things that made him a good lead to have for that post lawsuit season was that he wouldn't be having his first uh, interracial, interracial relationship, relationship. Yeah. on camera. And Rachel has pointed this out recently um, that the show can't cast people who have only dated white people and expect um, for people of color to go far. Um, that, that shouldn't be happening for the first time on camera. And Sean was a rare, <laughs> rare example where we know that's the case. Um, but that didn't show up. All we do, I think we do see briefly of Robin, her unfortunately memorable limo exit where she tries to uh, do, and you know, she was a cheerleader at the time and she tries to do a, a back, a double backflip, I think, and, and slips. And I, that's gotta, that's gotta burn. Yeah. To have it was really that unfortunate. That was the only thing we really got to see. We hardly got to see Leslie at all. Um, Selma, another woman of color who makes it very far. She basically was disappeared from the narrative yeah. at all. I guess she she was in little clips, but I guess she yeah. brought less of the drama. Um, we also didn't really get the full extent of the many torturous dates that Sean takes these poor women on. Like he has them chugging goat milk at one time, which is like, it, it sounds like some, you know, one of those like horrific, things that we would force kids to do at camp until they threw up like that's what that seems yeah i feel like you know for some people probably raw goat milk is great and i support that but to um, chug like i don't want to chug any chug form of fresh milk. warm glass of Ugh. raw goat milk as quickly as possible getting a lot of the white you know viscous li liquid <laughs> all over your front um it's it's not the sexiest or at least not, the, not kind the kind of sexiness yeah. that I would want uh, in front of my husband. I, I remember that uh, Sean season had a number of those dates where I was like, he's trying to humiliate or not he, but the show is putting them in a position to be humiliated or made very uncomfortable and not one of my favorite things about The Bachelor, um, but we didn't get to rewatch most of those dates. Yeah, no goat milk, no uh, roller derby in which most of the women didn't really know how to roller skate. So yeah. they just ended up with bruises all over their body. Yeah, Neither I think of those they actually had to up. cancel the roller derby because there was an injury during practice. <laughs> like this is the kind of thing we're talking about. But uh, another thing, I mean, we, we mentioned briefly, but before we wrap up, we're, we're not doing a, a slate of feminism fails this time. Um, but we do want to mention again that there are a lot of feminism fit, like a high there density. Were, there were. Despite like kind of liking most of the people involved, I gotta say, like so many comments about man cards, so many comments. I think that- uh, Like after, the claws are coming out. Claws are coming fighting. out. Uh, I think during her intro, Lindsay tells Sean that she has balls and he says, I hope not. And that- um, It's transphobic. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and- Again, this was seven years ago, and I would love to to think that it would be different if these same people were to go on the show now. And I don't want to like, you know, go too hard on that. But rewatching it, I was kind of startled by by the the sheer number, the volume, 
and the relentlessness yes. of the references to gender roles and and the like. Um, so I I feel like the the season was was quite a trip in that sense. Absolutely. And I think that kind of covers what what we wanted to discuss because uh, you know the show did a recap. And we you don't we need just to wanna, recap their recap to, so we, completely. Yeah, thanks for doing it. Um, but but we we did want to hit the high notes and and we want to dig in a little more when we get to our interview. So we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, our interview with Leslie Hughes and Robin Judkins from season seventeen of The Bachelor. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Springtime vibes are in the air. And when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming, you probably want to smell the flowers, not 
the litter box. But thanks to Pretty Litter, you'll be able to smell those spring flowers all you want. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odors. It's ultra absorbent, it's lightweight, low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat. And if all of that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. You'll never run out, you won't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space, and even better, you won't have to lug those huge tubs from the store to your car or the subway and into your house. Our producer Talon has been using Pretty Litter and he just raves about how great it is, how easy it is to scoop, how much better it smells. I mean, the health monitor aspect gives so much peace of mind. He's a big fan and we know that you will be too. Go to prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order. And get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. prettylitter.com slash LTSI. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article. That lovely chair out on my deck. Article. Our big console. Article. I'm My bed frame. Article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. 
And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. As we mentioned before the break, a lot got left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, one of the results of trimming the season down two spotlights on the final few contestants is that the only woman of color who got any screen time was Catherine, who won, and none of the Black contestants on Chun's season really got any screen time. But two Black women actually had pretty notable arcs on the show. Leslie Hughes, who made it to week four, and Robin Howard, who made it to week five. Leslie had a real glam one-on-one, the, you know, annual pretty woman shopping spree date, and Robin, when she wasn't getting mixed up in Tierra drama, as were all of them, she had a pretty (laughs) frank conversation with Sean about race. Yeah, so to look back at a different side to the season, some more uh, more of it than we were able to get into on the three-hour show last night, uh, we talked to Leslie and Robin about their time on the show. I'm Robin Jetkins, formerly known as Howard. I was in season 17 of The Bachelor. I'm Leslie Hughes. I was on season 17 of The Bachelor, Sean Lowe's season, and I am currently still in entertainment industry, quarantined in Los Angeles. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Of course. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. So last night, uh, Bachelor Nation revisited Sean Lowe's season. Uh, It was crazy to think how much time had passed in a way. Uh, a, A lot of good memories brought back up. Uh, did you guys watch the the recap? I did. Um, I did. I was kind of disappointed, but I watched it. Yeah, and we want to hear you. those thoughts. <laughs> what about you, Leslie? Did you watch? Uh, I didn't watch the whole thing. I kind of skimmed through it this morning because I don't know. I've already been through it. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, but what Robin said too, I'm a little bit disappointed just from what I saw. So... Yeah, tell us like what 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 disappointed you about watching the what they chose to highlight? I feel like they didn't choose any like there was supposed to be new editing. Um and I feel like they didn't show any new footage at all and they kind of just showed all the main highlights of what they showed the first time it aired. Like it's all the same people again. So, yeah, that's just kind of how I felt. <laughs> I was more, I was excited because when they called and said, oh, we're airing your season again and we hope you watch it. I was thinking, oh, this is going to be so fun to relive like our actual season and see us in the house with never before seen footage of us being silly in the house or bloopers, things like that. But like Leslie said, it was literally the exact same thing we watched when they aired it the first time. I mean, it was kind of cool to watch Sean and um, Catherine fall in love all over again because I forgot how giddy she was. Um, 
And I texted her last night and I was like, you're so lucky that you guys kind of have your story like filmed. Like, I wish I could remember how I was with Gary when I first met him years ago. But um, yeah. other than that, I was like, okay, this is Snoozeville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Emma and I were surprised too by how similar it was to just a highlight reel, um, not as much additional content right. as we were hoping for. It felt like it was yeah. almost geared toward an audience that maybe only started watching the show very recently um, and isn't really looking for more. But I think we were hoping for new footage or at least like some more color commentary, hearing from more people that we haven't heard from. Um, I mean, it was nice to check in with Des and Catherine and Sarah, but they're all people that we have heard from um, since. So. Did y'all notice that Sarah, Des, Lindsay, Catherine all showed their families and they got to Ashley. They only asked her about Tierra and completely ignored her family. I did <laughs> notice that. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it seems almost like because they couldn't get Tierra, they only brought in Ashley like as a surrogate to discuss that conflict. Yeah. Instead of actually wanting to update us on Ashley. But of course, the people they brought on are the people whose lives Bachelor Nation probably knows the most about already. Um, So it didn't really bring that much new to the table. Yeah. Um, But let's go back to 2013 um, a little (laughs) bit. It's great. I still think of 2013 as the present. It's very crazy to think that that's actually like seven years ago. I know. I'm like, oh, we're (laughs) coming up on a decade. Right. Yes. Yeah. was much younger when I watched this. Right. (laughs) So what made both of you sign up for the show and was like the show's like really terrible history with being super white, something that you considered in that decision? Uh, Leslie, maybe start with you. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I've watched the show since the beginning. So I was always one that like watched with my family and stuff. So going on, it was kind of just my mom and my um, best friend at the time, just trying to help me find love because I was living in LA and it was just, LA is the worst place to try and find love. Um, so I went down to San Diego and went to an open call because I didn't even really look up the instructions or nothing. And just my process was really easy and quick, a little too quick. Um, Cause I only knew like two weeks prior. So it was kind of a lot, um, but I was there to find love. Um, but when I did get that phone call of like, oh, I'm going on The Bachelor, the first person I called was my father because there was no people like me of color on there. So I was just like, yes. He was like, yeah, you're going to be one on there. Um, and then I get there and then there's like five of us or seven of us. So <laughs> um, yeah, but that was one of the biggest moments for sure was calling him and he was super excited because of, they had that lawsuit prior to our season two of yeah. not having people. We were going to ask you guys if you were aware of that racial discrimination lawsuit. I believe that was the the right before your season. That was that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's why then I feel like our season had a lot more color than normal because of the lawsuit. That's just my, my, that's how I saw it. (laughs) That's how we saw it too. (laughs) (laughs) Robin, what about you? So mine was kind of opposite. I had a friend sign me up. I was uh, a Rockets cheerleader and I was sitting in practice and they called me like, Hey, this is the bachelor. And I'm like, yeah, sure it is. And I hung up and then they called my friend and she called me. I was like, no, that was really the bachelor. I was like, Oh crap. So they called me back. They're like, can you send a video? Sent a video. 
called back again. They're like, Hey, can you come try? Can you kind of come in addition in Austin? And I was like, no, I'm not driving to Austin, even though it's two hours. I was like, I'm not driving to Austin. Like, okay, your journey ends here. I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't care because honestly, my thought process was I would go for a day. They'd kick me off because I always have one token black girl. And um, they called me maybe like two months later and they're like, we want you for the show. And I was just like, okay. And I think a lot of it, it's, I'm, I'm twofolded, right? Because I truly believe Sean doesn't care. I think they chose the best bachelor to date all types of women. Cause I don't think he had like a, I like blonde blue eyes or I like black or I like Asian. I like whatever it was. Um, but I think at the same time, yes, there was a lot more African-Americans, blacks, however you want to say it for our season because of their lawsuit. Is it something that ever came up explicitly with casting while, while you guys were in that process? Not for casting, but they definitely, the producers, and now that I look back at it, I didn't realize what they were doing, but the producers definitely pushed me to ask Sean, like, you know, I'm black. Have you ever dated someone that's black? And, and there's a scene that they made sure they aired of me Mm -hmm. asking Sean, you know, have you ever dated a black woman? Yeah. I, I actually found it quite notable first that I remember noting that scene at the time that it aired. And then also being a little surprised that they did not air that scene uh, last night in the recap. And I, w- I rewatched it before this. And, you know, you say, you can tell that you're sort of like nervous to have I'm the conversation. so nervous. I said, <laughs> yeah, like 50 times. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to hear about how that conversation kind of came to be and what your conversations were with producers. Because, you know, you say like, I was watching how it became more diverse with ethnicity. I was nervous. I was like, what does Sean find attractive? What's your mindset? It, it, when it was clear that it was sort of like a layup for him. And he was like, great question. Best question I've ever been asked. Like, <laughs> AKA, I knew this question was coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember. I mean, it was seriously such a long time ago. I remember I was not myself at all in the season. I mean, I just, I was a nervous wreck every single time. I was freaking weird. I just, with all the cameras in your face 24 seven, I think some people do really well. And some of us just crash and burn. And I was a crash and burner. Um, (laughs) Literally I crashed on my face. (laughs) So I, um, I remember talking to Sean and asking him that because like I said, the producers asked me to bring that up, but I don't, genuinely remember listening to his answer it was just kind of like he I remember him saying oh yeah I've dated a black girl before and I knew he had dated a black cheerleader and I think that's part of the reason they picked me I was a cheerleader I was black I fit the mold um but as far as I mean you you hit the nail on the head I 100% think it was a layup for Shonda and I say that, but at the same time, like, I truly believe Sean is a good guy. I don't think it was to make Sean look, you know, even better than he already looked or anything like that. I don't think, I don't want to say this in a way where it makes Sean look bad, but I do think it was to make him not hate using this, but look racist because the whole company looked like a racist as a whole because they didn't have enough black people and it is what it is. Right. And that's one thing that like the conversation has not moved very far within the franchise since then. Like that's kind of the same 
dialogue that we are circling. And I think it's, of course, far less a question of, you know, Sean and more a question of like, what is the, what is the messaging that this franchise is kind of giving to all of the millions of people that watch? Um, and so that it feels notable to me that that was something that they were clearly aware of enough to want it set, which is not a, not a bad thing. Um, but then it makes you wonder like, well, if you were aware then. I used yeah. to argue this. Okay. I used to argue this case all the time because people would say, well, Robin, there's no black bachelors or bachelor. I'm like, yeah, but they always choose the top three. So I get it. The top three, one of the top three becomes the next bachelor or bachelorette. It's just a pattern. It's not their fault. But now they're not choosing top three anymore. They're choosing randoms. And so that's where I'm like, I don't understand why you guys are skipping over this, especially when it's a big deal. Like just in a way, just do it. Stop fighting it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And even, even in that regard, you know, that formula of picking the top three, they invented that. So they're really totally in control of their own show um, and have managed to kind of play helplessness as to the decisions that they themselves are making and it's just getting harder and harder to tap dance around. Um, I'm, yeah, I, I, I found that so, I found that interesting because I feel like it was uh, definitely crafted to send a clear message, but in the time since then, you know, casting a lead who's interested in actually dating all kinds of different people is a very important part of making a dating show diverse. Um, do you guys feel like that's something that they've taken to heart in the years since? I don't think so, no. Like she said about Sean, I feel like he really didn't, like she said, care what we were. And he said that a lot of times. Like it was all about insight and what you had and the values and morals. Like that was what he wanted. And I feel like the people they keep choosing too, like that, it's not, it's not the same as what it used to be. Thank you. I was about to say the show's not the same period. It's yeah. trash. Yeah. yeah. I feel like a huge part of that has to do with social media and people are just going on to build their brand. And so I feel like it's not as real as what it used to be. Hey, you guys are kind of part of the last cohort before Instagram blew up. Like yeah. I remember your season. It was one of the first seasons where the lead was even on Twitter. And I remember really liking that about Sean because he would make fun of himself and be sort of like irreverent about um, kind of all the silly tropes that, that we were seeing. But before that, it was like nothing. And since then, as you said, Instagram is both the pipeline that a lot of contestants come through to be cast on the show. And then there is a very clear career path um, that I think is pretty inextricably linked to whiteness that comes after. I mean, you look at the numbers. Contestants of color, specifically Black contestants, do not end up with the same number of followers as even the people that are white but made it to the same week as them um what do you think like where do you think the franchise goes from here like i want to circle back and get into some of the fun stuff from your season but since we're sort of having this discussion i'd i'd be interested to hear what you guys think i think they need to start over like start from scratch and get rid of the top three, get rid of even pulling people from previous season. Like, do what the show was made for if that's what you're really trying to do. Like, are you trying to help people fall in love or are you just trying to create another reality show? Like, I think they honestly need to focus on that. And with everything that's going on, 
focus on a whole mix of people. Like there's not a lot of Asians either. There's not a lot of, like, there's not diversity at all. Right. Um, and I mean, they have the power to make a difference. There's so many viewers and like, I just, yeah, I hope they do it, but I know that I feel like they won't. I feel like this is another thing they're just going to brush off. It might put a token like going on. Cause even like the spinoffs, Bachelor in Paradise, there's not a lot of diversity on that either. It's all the top people. <laughs> I actually don't completely agree. I, um, I personally really like that they take the top three because I think you fall in love with certain characters on the show and you like to see them have a chance at falling in love. But, you know, perfect example, Rachel Lindsay. She had one of her top threes were Eric Bigger. It's perfect. I was like, this is the perfect, another layup mm -hmm. for you guys. Pick him to be the next Bachelor. Um, so I, did, I don't understand why that didn't happen. And instead, what they did was completely ignore the top three, and they went a whole other direction. Yeah, it's been really <laughs> telling, actually, that as the, the top the top group from each like cohort has gotten more diverse, not like consistently or that much more diverse, but as those like contestants start to filter up, they've increasingly really gone back to previous seasons, people like white men from years before, um, white men who had no idea they might have to be on TV in a couple of weeks, like Ari who was not prepared. <laughs> Um, so a lot of weird decisions. I know a lot of people like, like us were hoping that uh, Mike would be chosen for Bachelor instead of Peter. And it's starting to seem like that would have been a really good decision on a TV level as well. Um, but, you know, they make these decisions and you have to feel like at a certain point, maybe they're, they're catering to what they perceive as their audience. I mean, have you guys had experiences um, with the bachelor audience like do you, like you were a little bit before social media was a huge part of the bachelor like post bachelor lifestyle but have you had experiences with how the whiteness of the audience like shapes the show or the way that the audience interacts with the people on the show opposite for me black women women of color like to say why would you go on that show why would you do that knowing what they stand for, knowing they don't have, because I honestly, I didn't even take time off for work because I knew I was going to be there for a day and go home. I just knew it. So to be top 10 caught me way off guard. Um, and at the time, I think I was the first woman of color to make it that far on The Bachelor. Um, but yeah, as far as in, you know, this kind of brings up just everything that's happening now when it comes to ignorance, but most white people, I don't think see this is happening it's something that's not it's not brought up it's just oh no this just you know it's tv it's no big deal until someone actually brings it up no one really notices that unless you're a woman of color or person of color in general right and absolutely that's something you know we've always tried to make issues of you know the overwhelming whiteness and the sexism um a core part of this show but you know, as two white women, we're certainly grappling with our own role in kind of perpetuating that ecosystem and, and our own blind spots, just given, you know, our, the way we move about the world. So um, we are really grateful for you to kind of come on and, and bring your perspectives, because I feel like the other thing that happens when you don't have 
uh, black women and black men making it super, super far in the show, then those people, you know, you don't get highlighted in the recaps. You don't get highlighted in interviews as much. And it like perpetuates this entire cycle of like the centering of that white romantic experience. Um, but it is quite interesting because your season, I mean, Sean picked Catherine. It is, it, I believe it remains the only season of The Bachelor where a non-white woman was picked at the end. Although bachelors tend to cheat by picking a couple women from their season <laughs> at different points. Yeah. And like Peter, you could just pick three white women, you know, yeah. the He's multiplying it. Oh my God. But, and that's just it. Like you were saying, if ABC has the control and the power to, cause he could, they could have easily said, Hey, Sean, just put Leslie up there. Just put Robin in the top three, pick your top two that you know, you could, you're going to marry make the third one black so we can push her to be the next bachelorette. You know, they choose not to do that. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that they keep, I'll take that back. I don't know for a fact. <laughs> I'm pretty uh-huh. sure I know for a fact, <laughs> but they keep certain people on the show for longer, even if they want to get rid of them because of the drama they create. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 They have more control than they like to cop two yeah exactly i mean leslie was that something that you talked to production about like the way that they spoke to robin were they trying to pressure you in any way into making this a theme on the show i don't really remember i definitely remember your scene because you were sitting on the couch and i just remember that whole scene with you um but no i don't really remember them trying to push it in that format of like bringing up the race card, the color card. I know my whole thing was like my religion and that's really big to me. Um, so I know they kept bringing that up because I did have like Christian thing to give to him. And like they kept saying that over and over because there was nothing really aired but prior to that about religion and Christianity. Um, so I just remember that over and over and over. <laughs> so. They like to just put people in a little box. Well, yeah, if they have their, she's the one that's, okay, going to talk about religion. If she's the one that's going to talk about the race card, if she's like, they have their little pond. 100% they do. (laughs) It's a fascinating window into the, into the process. Uh, What about the other women in the house? Uh, I mean, you were like part of the most diverse group of, of contestants since the beginning of the show, um, I'm not sure since then, but like at that point, there had never been such a diverse season. Was that something that you talked about at all with the other women? Not on the show. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Because I didn't even hear about the lawsuit, I think, until afterward. Mm-hmm. And that's when everyone kind of started talking about it more. I definitely wrote it in my journal a lot. <laughs> I can't find mine. Leslie, oh, really? yeah. I found my whole, like, bag of Bachelor stuff. Uh, Leslie M, or not Leslie M, yeah, your age. Yeah. Leslie M just texted me the other day, and she's like, Rob Dog, you've got to read the stuff I have in my journey, journal. And I'm like, why can't I find mine? <laughs> oh, my God, that must be a real trip. Leslie, did you discover anything anything fun or, or mortifying that you'd be willing to share? <laughs> I mean, I haven't read it in a while, but just, like, it's – it's trippy because I would always like write down who I thought would go home to. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd be like, this child here, like Tierra or one of the other just 
I was, yeah, I took all my anger and frustrations into my journal, basically. <laughs> that seems wise. That's how you avoid looking like a complete asshole on television. Yeah. Did they give us yeah. those journals? Because we all had one. I don't remember. But yeah. Because I feel like I had devotionals too and stuff, but like they took that stuff away. Yeah. The only thing I could keep I remember was my journal. And then I snuck photos like throughout my suitcase. <laughs> You weren't allowed to have photos? No. Because if you were like, if, I mean, it makes sense. If you're like sad and down, like if you're looking at your iPhone, anyways, it's all my stuff. Um, yeah, and then I wrote letters to myself too. I remember. <laughs> I would, yeah, you're laughing at me. <laughs> so like when I got in the house, <laughs> um, I wrote letters for that. And like if I went on a one-on-one day and if I, I got a rose. And so those are kind of funny. Oh, that's so good. I mean, like, what other outlet do you have? I would keep a journal, too. None. They want us to be completely focused. And this is why everyone, like, gets so heartbroken because it's almost like Sean's, like, our savior or the bachelor is our savior that's getting us out of this house because there's no – you're only allowed to have a Bible. There's no TV. There's no books. There's no magazine, no radio, no cell phone. There's nothing. And then here comes this man. And we're like, thank you. Come take us. Yeah. Oh, my us. God, the outside world. <laughs> Oh my God, it is like Cinderella. It is. And then the mansion's like fenced in. And then even when you're going on your date, they black out all the windows in the limo. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never heard what? that. You yeah. like, can't I even the like first... see the, the vistas. <laughs> like... We can't see anything outside the window. And then all of a sudden yeah. you park and you're at a beach. I'm like, oh my God, Sam. <laughs> and that was the first time I was out for two weeks. I was just like, people. <laughs> Leslie, I want to yeah. talk about your princess date. Cause that is like a real memory that has stuck with me uh, since uh, first uh. watching it. <laughs> Just what was that? What was that like? Uh, honestly, it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's really odd because I mean, first he shows up in the car. Oh, I know I got those diamond earrings, which I still have. They're in a safety deposit box. And every time I want to sell them, I'm like, okay, I'm going to sell them. And then I'm like, no, I should just keep them because they're like a small car ridiculous oh save that for when you really need them yeah exactly (laughs) um but no like who wants to go shopping with a first date with a man they just met and like trying a bunch of clothes (laughs) with no music with a robin's like me (laughs) i get to keep the clothes and the diamond earrings that's a mini car me (laughs) (laughs) it was really awkward and just uncomfortable the whole thing was uncomfortable and awkward what are you talking about you got diamond earrings i fell on my face (laughs) touche i always say this all the time i'm like well i didn't fall in love i never kissed sean but i did get diamond earrings so i'm out never even kissed no oh my god never kissed him the producers like pushed me into kissing him they never said anything to you no they told me they're like every single girl here has kissed sean and except for you he's like yeah they're like you don't want to fall behind and i was just like oh crap and that's why oh I did God. that stupid chocolate scene where I was like, do you like this chocolate or this chocolate? Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, but then when it aired and I saw everybody making out with him, I was like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> made out with him. <laughs> oh, my God. That is hilarious. Yeah. Oh. No, it, it was a pretty woman date, but then I got dumped. So I was like. Cinderella who lost her slipper. I feel like you actually won though. Like you had to go on a weird date, but then you like got to leave and have diamond earrings. 
you like yeah. got compensated in some for your embarrassment in some capacity. <laughs> That's what I'm True. saying. I'm like, she's ungrateful over here. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I left with? <laughs> They're like, here's a granola bar. I'm like, okay. <laughs> A granola bar would be good for quarantine. Can't no, turn up you should have that. seen the spread they would give us every night for food or for oh, yes. um, rose ceremony. Rose so when ceremony. I got kicked off and they gave me that granola bar, I'm like, I'm starving. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Not good enough. No, no. Do you think that if you had gotten a different date, you might have been able to settle into a longer arc on the season? Um, I don't know. I mean, he, his thing too is like, he saw no romance or no chemistry. So but I'm like, we're like statues right now. I'm like, go to the diamond store. I got like, however much money that neck, it was just very weird. So maybe, yeah, I've always said, I was like, I would have liked like a picnic on the beach because something that felt a little <laughs> more normal. Yeah. 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 Going back yeah. through the recaps of the season, I was reading some recaps because I don't remember anything. But one thing that I'd forgotten is that Sean loved to like test women by being like, she hates being outdoorsy. So I'm taking her hiking. And Bella. I wonder Bella. if that was a factor. <laughs> it's like, I've got to make sure that she's cool in literally the most uncomfortable situation for her. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that was tests because that's probably how mine was too. Cause I mean, it's all, you know, put on by the producers too. So they already know so much about us. Right. So trying to get as most uncomfortable as you can be probably. <laughs> I want to, for a brief moment, dip a little bit into uh Tiara because obviously she was a standout character and villain on your season. Like what, what was your impression of her and like have you heard anything from her since you filmed? Why are you talking about my best friend like that? <laughs> I mean I still to this day think I got kicked off because of Tiara. Really? Yeah, because right, you had just had fight. that argument. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huge fight. So, and I'm like, such a liar. So you were so this was the, the rose ceremony cocktail hour, was that when you had the confrontation with Tiara, confrontation, quote yeah. unquote, uh, that Sean kind of overheard part of? Yeah. So how did that unfold? Like, how did you decide to, or get pulled into that? I think, I mean, I was 24 years old. I was young and scrappy and ready anyway. So I think I had had enough. I don't think this had anything to do with producers. I just confronted Tiara. I'm like, what is your problem? Because it was super strange. It was so strange that all of us girls started thinking that she was planted. We're like, this can't be real. Wow. Because like, it just her behavior like? Exactly how you saw on TV. Like, no joke. Yeah. The only time she got all peppy, it was as soon as Sean walked in the house. Otherwise, she would be like, we'd all be like on the couch talking, blah, blah. She'd be by herself. You said good morning to her. She never said good morning. I remember the day that I had my one-on-one, she came to like help me get ready. I'm like, you've never even said good morning or talk. Like, I, it was just, that was planted. Yeah. So, it, yeah. It was, like, we're in a house all together. Like, we're all uncomfortable. But, like, we live with each other 24-7. So, you think you would want to say hello <laughs> or even... Get to know us. She didn't want you to steal her sparkle. <laughs> oh, I know. 
Well, that eyebrow would go up. Oh, I the best thing. She can't control her eyebrow. She can't yeah. control her yeah. eyebrow. I remember the first night, Tiara sitting down was like, I bought, I think it was like 12 gowns. And she's like, I bought all these gowns. They're all like $5,000 each and this and that. And I was like, okay, girl, you do me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just circling through all of the things you could do with $5,000. That's where my brain is going right now. <laughs> like, Buy one of 20 expensive gowns to go on The Bachelor, obviously. Oh um, yeah, that, that confrontation, the, the way that it was presented is so bizarre because you and a couple other women kind of walk up to her and are like, you're very rude to us in the house. You don't smile at us or respond to us. And then she just sort of gives an uninterrupted, disjointed monologue for the next like 10 minutes. Is that kind of how that went down? She starts talking about how she's a Pisces, a Scorpio and she'll bite. I don't remember that. I need to rewatch. <laughs> that sounds, it sounds like healthy not to use brain space on this. Save your memory for other things. I haven't. Does she even have Instagram or Facebook or anything? Yeah, yeah. I'm Facebook friends with her because she tagged me in my post yesterday. Shut up! I'm about to go look. Yeah, because I've tagged the whole like thing. I mean, I don't. I haven't talked to her. Talked to her, and I don't think I've talked to her on Instagram in a lot. But I wish she would have went on the season or went on the recap yesterday and said something. I wish so too, for sure. Because I feel like, too, like, you know, like you said, you weren't, you didn't feel like you acted yourself, like, on the show just because of everything. And, I mean, maybe that just brought out the complete worst in her. So I don't want to, like, just judge. And maybe she's grown since then. Look at your face. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I don't, because, you know, she went from The Bachelor acting like that. Then she went to Women Till All acting like that. Yeah. This is, like, her, if she was truly not herself like I would have loved to do an interview with Chris Harrison and be like okay listen this is you know but yeah. that was her opportunity to be like I look back and I cannot believe I was acting as I was 26 I was vivacious I don't know what I was thinking I was nervous whatever yeah I was gonna say I, I was surprised it seems like you could really only it could only do good things to speak to it and be like I was a young idiot yeah <laughs> yeah it seems like she's very private now. I did yeah. a very, very superficial amount of digging and it doesn't seem like there's much, um, which, you know, nowadays a villain on The Bachelor, that's very monetizable. So you wouldn't see that anymore. Uh, it really has changed. Uh, Instagram has changed the franchise. Um, so are, are there, uh, how, how much are you guys in touch with all the other less villainous women from your season? Well, Leslie was just here like two months ago oh. <laughs> for a quick trip. Um, Selma and I literally FaceTime every single day. It's ridiculous. And then I still talk to Leslie, Catherine, and Daniela. That's about it. I talked to Lindsay uh, like three weeks ago. She sent some baby stuff. Aww. Yeah. I talked to Robin, Selma more now, <laughs> um, a lot more now kind of interesting. Uh, Leslie, Daniela, and then Krista Kaminsky. She's like definitely one of my. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all are so opposite. Yeah, <laughs> in some ways, but then also very, have a lot in common in some ways too. Huh. Yeah, I don't know how we became so close, but definitely throughout the years have been 
a go-to. I knew she moved to California, so that helped, but I was in Wisconsin a couple months ago and saw her. Wow. So, That's yeah. nice to hear. I, I was surprised also that we didn't really see anything from Selma on the recap. I know! Yeah. <laughs> they didn't really show anything of anybody except for no. those three, so... Yeah, they really, they, they did like the top five or six, I think. And then Sarah Heron were the only people that we got. Yeah, it was, I would have liked to see a more holistic (laughs) revisiting of the season, but. um, That's why we're doing this. (laughs) That's why we're doing this. Hopefully, you know, it's a little bit counter programming to the kind of boring overview we got yesterday. (laughs) Well, yeah, because I mean, you have people that's been quarantined too for so long and they just want fresh, fun content. Yeah. Right, like, exactly. Like, yeah. Said, I would have loved to see bloopers. Oh my gosh, that would have been amazing. I yeah. always say, I think that they should put so many more of the like goofy moments into the season because mm-hmm. whenever they show the bloopers, I'm like, wait, this is delightful. This shows that people have personalities. Mm-hmm. And, yes. Like it's not so self-serious. We had so yes. much fun in that house. And I'm like, why are, or like even our dates, like the stupid things that went on. I'm like, why are you guys not showing this? Or yeah. even like, we're like, Leslie just said, we're all quarantined. Like have us all make a little video and everyone can catch up for 10, 15 seconds to see what everyone's doing from the season. That would have been good. Cause yeah. I feel like there was so much of Chris Harrison just talking. We heard about his son <laughs> no fewer than five times. <laughs> and I don't like, know if you what? know, but. His his son has recently graduated from high school. Just it's new information I'm bringing up right now. Just recently, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting something more like that. Um, it seems like kind of a no brainer, so I'm a little surprised that they didn't. But um, maybe they need new, new producers. Let's go do this, guys. <laughs> so that's that's actually I know I I don't know if you've been involved with or or seen this. Um, campaign for bachelor diversity that has been going around that Brett Vergara and I believe some women who are in his Facebook group um, started, which is pretty cool. And one of the things that they are explicitly asking for is that they, that uh, ABC and Warner brothers take like a hard look at the production team and look at the diversity behind the camera, not just um, in the way that they are casting the people in front of the camera is that something that like you guys noticed during your season like was the production team very white the whole team was white i don't think there's a single not even asian hispanic nothing right yeah i say i don't think uh -uh. there wasn't a single one that is telling and you would think too from like abc i mean there's so much tv that's not reality that has such a diverse so, right. I mean, this is where Shonda Rhimes, this is the network that Shonda Rhimes kind of blew up on. Um, mm-hmm. They've made a point of making statements that, you know, indicate that they hold certain values um, and that anti-racism is something that's important to them. But I think it's like with The Bachelor, you have to look at it at a certain point when our words just empty, like how many times can you ask the question, how many times can Chris Harrison be sent out to like offer platitudes about how they're trying and they know they need to do better, but it's just the way things work out like at a certain point. Um, and I feel like maybe now is 
the moment, given the fact that there has been this, of course, eruption of anti-racist, anti-police brutality uh, protests around the country and around the globe. It sort of opened up space um, in kind of all, all aspects and specifically within media to kind of call these inequities out and hopefully really apply apply pressure i think like as audience um and for us like as people who you know do commentary on the show professionally like we've got to take on that responsibility and uh try to push them harder than we have been i agree yeah i mean do you think that that this the the amount of conversation that we're seeing right now um do you think that there is a chance that it will result in something real? Like, are you getting a sense that anything might be shifting in, in bachelor world? No, no. <laughs> yeah. I haven't yeah. heard anything. Yeah. 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 Same. Like, I think they might seem kind of what they did like on our season, all of a sudden there was my di- more diverse in the moment because something just happened. Right. I think they'll do that, but then they'll go on to what they normally do. That's just yeah, and, and I feel like that is similar to what we've seen Rachel express in her frustration. Um, have you seen any of her commentary about sort of being placed in the role to like answer for all of Bachelor Nation racism? I don't know if you- 100%. And did you notice even during her season, again, I only watched like a couple episodes, but I don't know if she was handpicked because of this, but her family, like I think it was her sister or maybe her, I don't remember, but they all date white men. Yeah. And I almost wonder, like, did they handpick her for that thinking, oh, well, she can see both sides without really knowing who Rachel was? Because Rachel is a, she's a black woman to the core. <laughs> like, <laughs> she will tell it like she it is. She's going to tell it like it is. And she has. I mean, she's flat out said, like, I don't even want to be associated with The Bachelor right now because mm-hmm. look what you guys continue to do. Yeah. And good yeah. for her for just going out there and saying it. I mean, um, I just listened this morning to an episode of the official Bachelor Happy Hour podcast that she and Becca Kufrin do, and they really got into it. And she was really ripping the franchise in a way that felt so warranted uh, on their official channel. And you know, as you said, it's like we're seeing the discourse change, but does that translate into action? That's like still a big question mark, and there is certainly no no track record to like give anyone any sort of a confidence right Leslie yeah. did you get called for bachelor in paradise I got called for it only because I kept calling my producers like kept calling Elon I think it was the, for the second season and I was supposed to go on it the whole thing with Corinne it was that season okay so I had my bags packed and all that ready and so when I got the phone call that which I thought it was when I was leaving it was when they were hey we're shutting down something's going on can't really tell you what's going on but I was like, oh, great. And then, right. I'm sure that. <laughs> and I've never heard anything ever yeah. since then. But, which is totally fine. I don't. I'm good. <laughs> Robin, did you get contacted for BIP? I did. I, get call- I got called the first season. Um, I think they had a whole thing hoping that Markel and I would get together. Um, and then kind of the same thing Leslie said. Actually, one of the contestants called me. She snuck a phone on it and she said, Robin, do not come here. And I was like, why? She's like, it's a shit show. They mm-hmm. don't know what is going on here. They're flying people out, leaving them in their hotel rooms. They don't know who they're going to use. Do not come. 
And then wow. I got another text from one of the producers like a couple days later and they're like, Hey, I don't think there's going to be a Robin on bachelor in paradise. Uh, this season, we're going to try again next season. And I was like, all right. I've been told that before too. Yeah. Some contestants. Yeah. No, it sounds like they, that's part of the plan. The plan is to not have a plan and to have people ready and see who might, what, what bachelor body they can like throw at the drama basically. Um, which, is a is a formula for sure um yeah I mean looking back uh Leslie you're glad you didn't go on VIP how do you guys feel about about having gone on The Bachelor is it was it a positive experience at all yeah Bachelor was one of like I've said multiple times one of the best things I've ever done like I had an, an awesome experience and came out with everything positive for me like friends I met and everything. So, and I just liked being cut off at that moment. I needed that. So, mm -hmm. um, but bib or pib, whatever you call it, BIB. I'm so glad I just call it a blessing in disguise, but I do believe everything happens for a reason. And from how it airs and just like what I stand for now, it is a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> There's really nothing like, no, I can build my brand and my career on my own. I don't need that. And Leslie, where are you quarantining from? <laughs> Los Angeles. Okay, you're in LA. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to go to Florida because my nephews are in Florida, but Aww. my sister won't come yet. <laughs> That's tough. Yes. And Robin, where are you? I'm in Houston. You're in Houston. That's what I thought. Yeah. And you have a new baby. I do. She's so perfect. I was like, I cannot with you. <laughs> Robin, can you tell us a little bit about like what you've been up to since the show and and your beautiful child? Yeah, and then Leslie, we'd I'd love to hear the same from you. I just want to back up and say this one thing really quick. So you'd ask oh, yeah. Leslie. Uh, um, oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I don't. You don't have to like care about if I cared about the show. But <laughs> when I I did, I had a freaking blast, and I tell everyone like, should I do it? I'm like, listen, if you're 24 years old, go do it. Like, who cares? It's fun. But mm -hmm. um. When I left for the show, I told my parents I was going, left, whatever. And then I don't know what happened, but something in my parents' head decided that I had been kidnapped. And <laughs> so my, my dad was like, you need to find our daughter. You call those producers right now, quote unquote producers. So my mom calls the producers and they're like, she's at a rose ceremony. And I was like, okay. So she waited a couple hours. And they're like, she's sleeping, waited a couple hours. And then that's when my dad's like, that's it. Call the police. They kidnapped her. This is not real. How do we know? Like completely freaking out. My mom starts calling like the bank, my apartment, my car, like everywhere. I was like, you psychopath. And then his rose ceremony started like freaking 6 p.m. And they go until like 4 a.m. Right. And then, yeah. And then we're knocked out. And so finally they came in my room at like 7 a.m. They're like, please talk to your mom. Sending <laughs> 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 the police. But man, oh God, my, that's an amazing anecdote. Oh my! Well, what happened was my bank account had overdrafted because I thought I like planned everything perfectly for being gone for a while, and uh, so that really set my mom off. My parents. Off. Wow, <laughs> that's incredible. Oh, it's goodness. funny. I remember uh, Becca Martinez a couple of seasons ago was reported as missing by her mom while she was on the show, and you know. Thinking about it, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more because you guys can't yeah. contact anyone for anything. Mm -hmm. It's just a perfect, like, <laughs> faux kidnapping <laughs> scenario. 
Yeah, and if you're not like close with your family, or, like really tell them about it, or if they've watched the show, like you're cut off. Yeah. Like, my mom and them like took over my bank account stuff, and like my friend had my dog. Yeah. Did you when you came when you left the show and you went home? <laughs> did you talk to people or did you feel weird? Uh, from all their threats. <laughs> no, it just in general. Like I remember sitting on my couch very confused. Oh yeah, no, because yeah. I hadn't talked. When I to called anybody. my mom, yeah, because when I got you know you get kicked out or whatever you're in a hotel or I was in a hotel first before I could get released because you have to see the therapist and when they gave me my phone and first too I thought the tv was massive I was like, I haven't been TV forever um and when I called my mom I was just bawling like I couldn't even speak I was just like <gasps> your voice like I just cried for so long <laughs> I remember yeah, it was very awkward. when I got kicked off because I had asked to leave I was like I'm done I want to go home and then Tara and I got in a fight, so I don't know like if it was a mix of that, but I remember sitting in the limo smiling. And then they started like, you know, throwing out their jabs, like, how did you feel when your ex-boyfriend broke up with you? How did this? I'm like, okay, listen, I'm not a crier. I'm not gonna cry. So what do you want me to do? And I remember they're like, Howard, just put your face in your hands. And so I like put my face in her hands. They're like, now shake your head. And I was just like sitting like that. Oh my god. The limo. And like, I look out the window and I'm like, <laughs> but the whole time, like, I can't believe I'm going home. But then you get home and I remember sitting on my couch and like feeling weird. I hadn't talked to any of my friends in weeks, none of my family. I didn't have a job. Like it was just freaking weird. A little depressing because you're like in this bubble for so long and then you like come back to reality. Yeah. Like what are you supposed to do? Yeah. And then you go outside yeah. and you're like, oh my God, you're a Robin from the bathroom. I'm like, wait, who? What's <laughs> happening? That sounds so disorienting. I, it oh is. God. I truly can't imagine. Yeah. It's like quarantine, but afterwards you're famous. Yeah. Yeah. Without the money. Yeah. But no. yeah. <laughs> oh God. Oh my goodness. Pretty grim. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so what happened after that? Catch us up a little bit. Um, okay, so after that, Bachelor, let's see. I dated someone so mad. Uh, I was supposed to go to Catherine's wedding. And the guy I was dating was just crazy. And you're, okay, you're in a weird emotional space when you leave The Bachelor. I can't even explain, like, it's not that I was, I just wasn't confident anymore. So I dated a really bad guy. Stopped me from doing anything Bachelor because he pretty much said that it was like the Antichrist and I'd go to hell if I continued to do anything Bachelor related. Mm. Weird story. So (laughs) missed her wedding, but then... The guy I'm married to now, Gary, we had been friends for years, like pre-bachelor. And he was like, come on, can we date? I'm like, no, like, leave me alone. I don't like you. We'd go out all the time, We'd, you know, hang out. He'd be like, what would you do if I kissed you right now? I was like, I would vomit, like, gross. <laughs> like, I was so mean to Gary. And then finally, he's like, come on, let's go on a date. I'm like, fine, you want a date? Let's date, We're, whatever. Like, let's get this over with. Six months later, we're engaged. And six months of that, we're married. And then two years after that, I have a child for three years. That's a great wow. story. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh <laughs> and he's the best. Like, he's not real. He's honestly not real. He's just so <laughs> nice. I'm like, you make me look like such a jerk because he's just everyone's favorite. <laughs> I have the same problem, but it's not really a problem. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> So other than that, it's been very quiet and very 
boring around here. We did, we own a gym. So Corona has been sucky for that, obviously. Yep. So boring over here. Leslie's life's probably more fun. <laughs> yeah, Leslie, catch us up. Oh gosh. Um, what have I not done? Good question. Um, I mean, I still on entertainment. I've been entertainment since I was like 15. So still been doing TV and film commercials. Um, got a co-star role on The Rookie, which is also on ABC this year. So I got um, two roles on that that reoccurred. So I'm praying that she comes back next season because I got picked up for um, season three. I'm an officer on it. So yeah. Oh, I travel for Hyundai, the car. So I travel for them around the country to like major cities and host a game show within their auto display. Wait, that's that's kind of awesome. <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> awesome. Have you ever watched Cash Cab? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. It's called um, Sunday Swag, but it's, the format is around Cash Cab, so it's kind of cool. That's truly amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you guys are keeping busy. Yeah. Yeah. Miss traveling. We used to travel a lot. I think we were gone on vacation like almost every other month. We went somewhere big. I feel like you were too. <laughs> it was so much fun, and then it, we just. I know. Oh man, I'm so excited to be able to travel again. Oh, one day. Um, before we kind of wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you or if there's any projects you want to promote? Now's the time. Um, I would say hopefully the rookie next season. <laughs> I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to come hopefully. Um, otherwise you can see the past ones on that or check out like on IMDb. Otherwise, my Instagram, which is LeslieAHughes25. So I'm going to grow that and grow my brand from that and hopefully do better in this world. <laughs> yes, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, um, I'm not famous like Leslie. We will not see me anywhere on TV unless there's another Bachelor recap. But you can find me on some podcasts. Other than that, my Instagram is Robin R. Jedkins. It's like Jenkins with a D. Man, I miss Howard. Oh, so much easier. <laughs> Y'all, our honeymoon, I put everything under Howard. They kept calling him Mr. Howard, and they, he was like, seriously? I was like, I'm just not ready. It's easier. It's, e- it's so much easier. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about um, it. So this was truly, truly so fun. It like, really was. Thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your out of your day. Yeah, of we really course. appreciate it. You guys. Anytime. Y'all were fun. Y'all make me want to start a fake podcast probably for a day and I'll get over it. But <laughs> <laughs> And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guests, Leslie Hughes and Robin Judkins, and to our producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Here to Make Friends Pod and follow us individually on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emily Rose. We'll be back next week to recap the next episode of The Bachelor, the greatest season ever, plus more bonus episodes that you won't want to miss.
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support anytime you don't have to hide how you feel 